From new movies to retro reviews, we promise that we will never talk about chick flicks. Here's your host, Jared. Yes, we will not talk about chick flicks. Today is September 18th, 2017, and uh, that would make this a Monday. And uh, much like Zach pointed out in his podcast, which is called The Dork Side, make sure to check that out if you have not already. Uh, that means it's a work day. And I'm sitting at home. Well, that is- I'm still, uh, still, still bumming from my foot. In fact, in fact, it's even worse than that. I, uh, I'm currently on temporary disability. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never, uh, never done temporary disability before, and, uh, I've always felt like it was kind of a Democrat thing to do, and as a Republican, you go to work and you get paid. And you don't go to work and you don't get paid. Well, back my ass into a corner and I'm a Democrat for a minute. But, uh, you know, I, I've been paying the uh, insurance my whole life. I've never used it. And uh, I did a backflip in a bounce house. And I hurt myself. So, uh, anyway, definitely got some torn ligaments. I uh, went to the doctor. And he grabbed my foot by the calf and then put his other hand down at the uh, sole of my foot at the heel and wiggled it all the way around. And uh, I'll be damned if uh, he he said, oh, that's way too loose. You have uh, you have torn ligaments. He said, you got to you got to get in for an MRI immediately and you got to stay off the foot. So the uh, long and short of it is uh, I went in for the MRI two days later and uh, then on the uh, third day, I'm on uh, temporary disability. And, uh, wow, it's an uncomfortable feeling. It's like working without a net. Uh, I don't uh, I don't feel secure or safe, and I probably won't until that first disability check clears. Oh, man. So, so yeah, I'm a bundle of nerves, but, but what the hell? The thing to bring me back is it. This week on Big Lip Radio presents No Girls Allowed. We're we're gonna review finally after a week's uh, delay the movie It. Uh, also, we're going to talk about Taco Bell's uh, new naked egg taco. But first, before we do anything, uh, Coke has got a new product out. Coke Zero is now Coke Zero Sugar with great Coke taste. Some people were excited to hear the news. Some were skeptical. So we're not going to have the star of the show you're watching come out and say, you'll love it. No special jingle written by this week's hottest pop star. No famous internet celebs who happen to be holding the label just so. Okay. Maybe just one little poor shot. The only thing that will make you believe Coke Zero Sugar has great Coke taste is trying it yourself. Ice cold Coke Zero Sugar. Try one today. (sighs) Yeah. Coke Zero. I don't know if I've talked about this or not, but Coke Zero is actually 
my favorite soft drink. I enjoy Coke Zero more than anything. When I go to the movies like I did this weekend to see it, uh, I get a, a large Coke Zero and a large popcorn because I like to spoil myself. Now, the reason I don't drink Coke Zero all the time is because it kind of freaks me out, the fact that it has zero calories. Now, the reason that freaks me out, the fact that it has zero calories, is uh, uh, that means whatever's in there making it taste like it does, it ain't food because there's no calories. So I don't know what they're putting in there, what kind of chemicals, but I I feel like we're not supposed to be eating it or drinking it because there's no calories. Water has no calories, but water is water. It's it's the basic Uh Coke Zero is not water. There's stuff in there, and there's no calories. So that kind of always freaks me out in common sense, tells me that's not a good thing. But it's always been my very favorite uh, soda since since I tried it, probably back in 2009. Now, the problem they've been having, they've been testing the market. By the way, about to open up something here. I've recently rediscovered... Fanta Strawberry. Oh, man. That's good stuff. So I discovered Fanta Strawberry. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. But Coke Zero, changing their name to Coke Zero Sugar because their marketing data suggests people don't understand that Coke Zero means it's got zero sugars and zero calories in it. So they changed the name to Coke Zero Sugar, which confused me at first because let's say I came up to you with a product called Coke Zero Wild Cherry. Well, you're going to think it's Coke Zero with wild cherry in it, right? So (laughs) when I first saw Coke Zero Sugar, I thought, "What, what are they doing? They're putting sugar in Coke Zero now? So it's not Coke Zero anymore but because it's got sugar in it, which means it's going to have calories. So anyway, I I experienced the confusion. Their marketing tells them the original title gives people. This isn't the first time, by the way, that Coca-Cola tried messing with the uh, formula of one of its soft drinks. Introducing the great new taste of Coca-Cola. Bill the Cosby. The best tasting Coke in the history of ever. From 1985. It's a Coke. Coke is it. Coca-Cola with a new taste, a new sensation, a new explosion of wonderfulness in your mouth. Go ahead, Wait, try it. Wait, it's what? just how you feel when you know it's for real. We've got the taste. It's a kick, it's a hit, it's a Coke. Coke is it. Wait a minute, Bill Cosby, what did you say? A new explosion of wonderfulness in your mouth. Wait a minute. Now, if I'm having... A new explosion of wonderfulness in my mouth, and Bill Cosby's in the room. I'm probably asleep. A new explosion of wonderfulness in your mouth. Yeah, that's what I heard anyway. So anyway, Coke tried uh, tried changing the formula to Coca-Cola back in 1985. I realize some of our listeners are probably too young to remember this, and shockingly, there's a lot of people who are unaware of the new Coke back in 1985 and that's why every once in a while you'll hear about coca-cola classic because what they did there was such an uproar basically it tasted like pepsi with less fizz 
So uh, they were definitely chasing uh, the tail of Pepsi, which was coming up quick back in those days, but still wasn't out selling Coke. Coke is, is, has been, always will be the monster that you cannot, you cannot control. But they got worried and tweaked their formula. And uh, so then for a while after the uproar, uh, they went ahead and introduced Coca-Cola Classic, which is the classic Coca-Cola taste, except for at this time now, uh, they replaced the sugar with uh, corn syrup. So the taste was a little bit different. And I know if you look around Pepsi, Pepsi's been uh, messing with this for two years, three, probably longer, where you got Mountain Dew, and then Mountain Dew with real sugar, and Pepsi, and Pepsi with real sugar. You can taste the difference, and I don't know if it's better, or if it just reminds me of my youth when I was drinking Mountain Dew with sugar in it. I don't know. But uh, anyway, they introduced Coke Classic with uh, with the Classic formula, and they sold it alongside New Coke. So you had New Coke and Coke Classic, and then eventually they just went ahead and phased out New, New Coke, and it was a failure. Unlike Bill Cosby, he is not a failure. A new explosion of wonderfulness in your mouth. <laughs> That's right, Bill. You tell him. A new explosion of wonderfulness in your mouth. That is the weirdest thing you have ever said. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Coke Zero Sugar. I don't like it. And, uh... Maybe if I was having a blind taste test, because I, I hear the ads, they say in a blind taste test, people like the new formula better than the old formula. And they tweaked it so minorly, if you look at the ingredients on the back, it's all the same ingredients, all in the same order. They just put a little less of this and a little more of that. And I, it's a minor tweak, I assure you. But maybe it's just that I know. And they say in a blind taste test, you will prefer Coke Zero Sugar over Coke Zero, and I must point out, when I grab a Coke Zero Sugar and put it in my face, I'm not doing a blind taste test. I understand that I'm drinking Coke Zero Sugar, and I'm upset, and I want my Coke Zero back. So I don't think Coke Zero is a big enough seller for them to uh, actually do that whole new Coke, Coke Classic thing that they did in 1985. And What was that? That that had to be like eight years ago, right? So anyway, uh, I like the old Coke Zero better. I'll probably not be drinking uh, Coke Zero sugar. And uh, and that's too bad because out of a fountain, Coke Zero is so good. I saw it this weekend, had, had that huge bucket of cola in my lap. It was Coke Zero, and I was eating my popcorn. I was such a happy camper. And uh, for breakfast that morning... I went to Taco Bell, and uh, they've got this naked egg taco. Now, the naked egg taco is uh, basically a fried egg with uh, um, fried potatoes, cheese, and bacon inside of it. And the fried egg is, 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 is a circle like a tortilla would be, and then the packaging holds it into a taco shape. Now the first thing that put me off on this is when I grabbed it and the uh, the egg was slimy because you're grabbing an egg with your bare hands. And I don't think you're in intended to eat it outside of the package. I don't know. Uh, 
It's fine. It tastes exactly the way you're going to expect it to taste. So if you think you're going to like it, you're going to like it. And it's a solid 3 out of 5. It probably won't be the last one I'll ever eat. But like I said, in a restaurant where everything for this guy starts at a 3.5, a a 3 is pretty low. But uh, the Naked Taco Bell, the Taco Bell Naked Egg Taco is solid. You won't regret getting it. Uh, I will probably stick to the uh, uh, breakfast crunch wrap. So good. Everything they got is good. I mean, they they got a taco made out of a biscuit. The taco shell's a biscuit. Oh, such a great idea with a piece of chicken. Oh, man, how can you go wrong? It is really, really good. This is okay. It's one of their lesser items on their breakfast menu. And also, let me correct last week when I did Halloween 4. I gave you guys the review of it. I never did give you the score (laughs) because I'm absolutely an amateur of Halloween 4. Halloween 4 is a 3 out of 5. It's good. I'll watch it again. It's fine. But uh, you come off that first Halloween, that's a 5 out of 5. You come off of that first Halloween with a with a three. That's kind of a letdown. It's it's a noticeable letdown. Uh, it's it's fine. I'll watch it again because uh, because that's what I do. I watch the same movies over and over and over again. And here's a movie I'm gonna watch a thousand times. There you go. She's already captain. Thanks, Billy. He chased his boat and ran into a construction barricade. The boat ran down the sewer. Disappeared six times the national average. And that's just grown-ups. Kids are worse. Way, way worse. We all float down here. I saw something. There was this... Cloud. It's all connected by the sewers. That's where it lives. Sorry about that. The dogs went nuts for a minute, and uh, I paused everything 
and it even paused the sound effect I was playing, which was the trailer. Interesting. Spreaker really has their crap together. I just wish there wasn't that sixteenth of a second pause between when I say something and it hits my ears, because that really screws me up. Spreaker, if you're listening, fix that. All right. It came out two weeks ago. It made like $140 million in the opening weekend. Uh, it's, it's, I would tell you this. I'm a little bit jaded because I've seen so many horror movies and uh, I love them. Uh, Conjuring didn't give me a single goosebump. And it's a scary movie. I can tell you Conjuring was the scariest movie I'd seen in years. Didn't do nothing for me. And uh, It, i tell you this, scarier than The Conjuring. Still didn't give me a goosebump. Not one single goosebump. But uh, some of the some of the scariest, most terrifying scenes ever recorded. You got to go all the way back to what was it, 1972, 76, The Exorcist. That movie still scares the hell out of me. But I saw it first time when I was maybe 12. I, I really, really uh, suspect parenting. Uh, I saw it when I was 12, and, uh, well, I mean, hell, I sit down with Baby Girl Who's Four, and we've watched the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series, so who am I to talk? But at any rate, Exorcist to this day still scares the hell out of me when I watch it. I just saw it on uh, HBO or Showtime a uh, week before last and uh, watching it through through hands over my face. <laughs> To me, it's still the scariest movie ever made, and it's probably because I was 12 when I saw it. Uh, And you have to go back to The Exorcist, and that is an extreme compliment to this masterpiece of a movie. You have to go back to to The Exorcist to find anything as off-putting as as that clown running through the flooded basement of uh, 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 Billy's house. Oh, good Lord, scary stuff. All right, let's get the particulars out of the way. Directed by Andy Muschietti. Let's see, did he direct anything we would know? Let's see. No, uh, he directed Mama. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, so that's it. Wow, he's so good. Um, Let's see. It's based on the uh, book by, by Stephen King. I have read the book. Uh, I read the book when it came out. I was 17. The book was like Stephen King's hot new thing. And uh, Stephen King uh, still puts out good stories. He really does. But in the horror circles, and this is back before the internet. Shoot, this is almost back before TV, you know, in the 80s. When Stephen King put out a book that was one of his classics and you knew it was going to be a classic, there was a buzz and. uh uh, he doesn't have that kind of that kind of uh, uh, weight anymore, like he like he did. Like I said, still some good stuff. Read, sell, uh, uh, Gerald's game. Good, good stuff. Um, but anyway, it's it's not you know the Stan, the Shining, Christine, Cujo, it. You know, he started started losing some steam around Tommy Knockers. It's fine, but it's not great. Um, but, uh, yeah, it used to be quite a deal when Stephen King would come out with a, 
with a book and it would get a buzz. Running time is 135 minutes. I had no idea it was, you know, two hours and 15 minutes. I had no idea. And it was, it was, uh, fast moving. Two hours, 25, eh, 15 minutes. Way to go. Uh, It's my math. Questionable parenting again. Anyway, uh, it, it went fast. When when it was over, I was like, it's, it's you know, 320. Holy crap. Um, let's see. The budget was $35 million. And uh, box office worldwide up to this point is $371.3 million. Now, if you're familiar at all with the... Uh, wow, time's flying by. If you're familiar at all with the, uh, the book... And the miniseries that I believe was ABC, much like uh, The Stand was, you know, the book talks about the kids, it talks about the adults, and it and it does like, you know, uh, when they were kids, it was in the fifties, and they're adults in the eighties, and uh, it flashes back between them as kids and them now as adults fighting it, because they make a, a pact as kids after they defeated it the first time that if it ever came back. They would come back to Derry, the town in Maine, and uh, and fight it. And uh, so so it's flashing back between them fighting it the second time and the first time they fought it. That's the way the movie works, the uh, original miniseries. That's the way the book worked. It was great. It was it, it's a good way to tell the story. Probably the best way to tell the story. But it's the way we've always seen this story told. So it's kind of novel. That they went ahead and what they did is they split uh, split the uh, the stories, the kids versus them as adults. This movie focuses only on the kids, so you don't you don't see them as adults in this at all. And uh, uh, at the end, when the screen goes black, just as the credits come up, it says "It Chapter One." So Chapter Two will be the adults. And uh, let's talk about the cast. Uh, uh, Jaden Lieberher as William Den- Denbrow. Bill. He's Billy. Rides a uh, silver bicycle, and he scratched the name Silver in it. And uh, The miniseries in a book made a bigger deal about his uh, connection with the bike. Hi-ho, Silver! So anyway, you, don't, you, you hear that once in the movie, but it's not a thing. Uh, Bill... These names, people, just just use real names. Uh, this one's got all kinds of squiggles above some of the letters, so I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of the guy who played Pennywise the Dancing Clown, Bill Skarsgård. Okay, so there, that's him. Um, wow. Wyatt Olaf plays Stanley Uris, who's a, who's a Jewish kid. Um, and then you got uh, Jeremy Ray Taylor plays Benjamin Hanscom. He's like the new kid in town. He's an overweight kid. And uh, Sophia Lillis plays Beverly Marsh. Uh, she reminds me of a young Kirsten Dunst. She's got a lot of the same mannerisms. Uh, the camera really likes her. She's a pretty girl. And, uh, yeah, Kirsten Dunst. She reminds me of Kirsten Dunst. I'm sitting there half, half, through half the movie going, who is she? She's never been in anything. None of these kids have ever really been in anything. And, uh, yeah, let me, <laughs> let me double check myself. And, 
that's what it was. She reminded me of, uh, whoopsie, there we go. She reminded me of uh, Kirsten Dunst. Let's see, Let's see what she was in. Uh, no, not, nothing that we would know. Then we've got uh, Finn Wolfhard plays Richie Tozier, and uh, he's also in. He also plays uh, Mike uh, Wheeler in Stranger Things. The wife and I have uh, gotten the eh, midway of the first season of Stranger Things. It's pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer plays uh, Eddie Hasbrack. Uh, Chosen Jacobs plays uh, Mike Harlan. Uh, Nicholas Hamlin plays Henry Bowers. He's the bully. He's the main bad guy. Uh, Jackson Robert Scott plays little Georgie Denbro. Now, the movie starts out... Let's see. Where am I at? Let's get into this. We're running out of time, and I'm, I'm I'm boring myself at this point over a great movie. Okay. Uh, in October 1988, see, the movie now is going to be from 88 when they're kids instead of the 50s, probably the current time as adults because it's every 27 years that uh, it returns. Uh, in October 1988, Bill Denbrock gives his 7-year-old brother, Georgie, a sailboat made from paper. Georgie takes the boat out into the street and is unable to stop it from sailing down a storm drain. In the storm drain, he finds a figure dressed as a clown who introduces himself as Pennywise, the dancing clown. The clown severs Georgie's arm when Georgie reaches into the drain for his boat, then drags him into the sewer. This scene is so creepy. He's telling him, and and much like the uh, uh, miniseries, uh, little Georgie says, I'm not supposed to speak to strangers. I mean, he's looking into a storm drain in the curb, and... uh, Pennywise introduces himself and says, there, now we're not strangers anymore. He goes, do you want your boat? Georgie goes, well, yeah. He goes, here, take it. Oh, man, the way he does it, it, it is really, really good. Eight months later, in June of 1989, Dan Brown and his friends Richie Tozier, Eddie Kasprak, and Stanley Uris run afoul of the bully Henry Bowers and his gang. Dan Brow, still haunted by Georgie's disappearance and a resulting neglect from his grief-stricken parents, discovers that his brother's body may have washed up in a marshy wasteland called the Barrens. He recruits his friends to check it out, believing his brother may still be alive. Ben Hanskin, he's the uh, little fat kid, new in school, who's recently moved to Derry, learns that the town has been plagued by unexplained tragedies and child disappearances for centuries. He encounters a buried headless boy in the library and runs into Bowers' violent gang. Now what this, what it does is it knows what scares you. And the meat, he refers to fear as the, as the salt that that salts the meat so he likes he likes to have you scared before he eats you because you taste better and in the book uh copyrights weren't quite what they were in the mid 80s as they are now in the book a lot of the uh a lot of the gang was scared by like frankenstein and the werewolf and there's there's licensing problems there all over so so you don't get to see that in this movie and to be honest i don't remember if you saw that in the miniseries um, 
Okay, uh, where are we at? So anyway, uh, Ben encounters a burned headless boy in the library and runs into Bowers' violent gang as he's as he's running around. He flees into the Barrens, meeting Denbrow's group. They find the sneaker of a missing girl, and Bowers' friend, Patrick Hoxsetter, is killed by Pennywise. As they're running around the Barrens, the uh, bullies are trying to get the Losers Club, and... Uh, and uh, so anyway, they split up looking for him, and Pennywise gets one of them. The next day, they each have a nightmarish encounter with Pennywise. Later, Denbrow and his friends discover Bowers' gang beating up Mike Hanlon. Uh, Mike Hanlon is a black kid whose parents were burned uh, to death when his home burned down. And uh, so that, that's going to come back later in the film. Um, they chase the bullies off and befriended Hanlon. A few weeks later, the group, who now refer to themselves as the Losers Club, realizes that they are being terrorized by the same entity. They determine that it assumes the appearance of what they fear, awakens every 27 years to feed on the children of Derry before returning to hibernation, and moves about by using the sewers around Derry's well, upon which 29 Kneebolt Street is built. So there's a big... Big, broken-down, abandoned mansion built right over the well that caps off the entire sewer system. That's Pennywise's hangout. Pennywise appears, and the losers fight it off before going to the Kneebolt house. Casprak uh, breaks his arm inside by falling before Pennywise emerges. Beverly impales him through the head, forcing the clown to retreat. The group begins to splinter with Tozier, uh, Uris and Hannon abandoning the others when Denbrow insists that they continue to hunt it. One day in August, Marsh manages to incapacitate her father who attempts to rape her. Now in the book and the miniseries, uh, he, he's a widower like he is in this movie, uh, Beverly's dad, but he's just an abusive, physically abusive drunk. He's, uh, he's not... Uh, He's not a molester. The movie takes it one step farther, and he, uh, he's he been molesting his daughter. Uh, she's abducted by Pennywise, and Denbrow reassembles the losers to mount a rescue. It compels Bowers to murder his abusive father before sending him in to kill the losers. At the Kneebolt house, Hannon is attacked by Bowers. He pushes Bowers down the well, where Bowers seemingly falls to his death. The losers find its lair in an underground cooling tower containing a mountain of decayed circus props, children's belongings, and the floating bodies of the missing children of Derry. They find Marsh in a catatonic state after Pennywise exposed her to his true form. Hanscom kisses Marsh, restoring her consciousness. It, as Georgie, attempts to trick Denbrow, Billy, uh, but fails when Denbrow shoots it. It then attacks the group before taking Denbrow hostage, offering to spare the others if they allow it to eat their friend. They break Denbrow free and brutally fight Pennywise. Despite its attempts to use their fears against them, Pennywise is mortally wounded and cornered by the losers. Denbrow tells Pennywise that they know it needs their fear to survive and that they are now starving the creature by making it afraid of them. Knowing it has no more power over them, Pennywise escapes into a deep pit. Upon discovering Georgie's yellow raincoat, Denbrow accepts his brother's death and emotionally breaks down. One month later, Marsh informs the group 
that of a vision she had while canatonic where she saw them fighting the creature as adults. The losers swear a blood oath that they will return to Derry in 27 years if it returns and destroy the creature once and for all. Marsh tells Denbrow that she is moving to live with her aunt in Portland. Before she leaves, Denbrow reveals his feelings and they kiss. Roll credits. Good movie. Five out of five. <laughs> five out of five. I loved this movie. And uh, the, the clown. Um, the miniseries clown was creepier. And Tim Burton. You can't get much creepier than Tim Burton. And I, and I say that with all due respect. But uh, uh, this clown, infinitely more terrifying. Oh, my God. It was great. It was great. I'm going to get the Blu-ray. I'm going to watch all the special features. This is on my uh, <clears throat> on my list every October for the rest of my life. I will be watching this movie along with Halloween. And uh, I may be shooting my credibility in the foot here. But uh, the Blair Witch Project... Um, I mean, these are all movies I love at, at October, and it's going to fall right in line. It's really, really good. Um, I guess if I had to come up with a criticism, uh, I guess I could say it was too long, even though, guys, I didn't notice. And, uh, you know, I'm the guy who will scream at this microphone at a movie, 90 minutes, 2 hours top. If you want to make a 2 hour and 20 or 2 hour and 40 minute movie, Save it for the Blu-ray. Just give us the theatrical release at a tight two hours, hour and 45, and uh, let the true fans experience the full movie on Blu-ray. But (laughs) I didn't notice it was two hours and 15 minutes. I really didn't. It was fun. It was exciting. As much as I love the Avengers movies, and I do love the Avengers movies, that last half hour I'm going, ooh, is this the end? They could end it here. Is this the end? (laughs) Because, you know, 2 hours and 15 minutes, 2 hours and 30 minutes, good lord, 2 hours and 40 minutes, is too long to sit in a theater. Let me uh, let me drool over it at home as I'm dusting off all of my action figures and doing all that stuff and watching the movie. That's how you do it. However, uh, this movie's a 5. I can't hold the length against it because I, I didn't notice it was over 2 hours long. And uh, next week... Ladies and gentlemen, next week we will have uh, Halloween 5. We're rolling along, and uh, maybe Zach will have uh, uh, another dork side. Who knows? I do know he started a job uh, today as I'm sitting home on my ass with my uh, with my torn ligaments. Now Zach's out there working, so it's kind of vice versa from what it was last week. But uh, maybe he'll get a show out. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But I don't see a reason why I can't get a review of Halloween 5 out. And there's a dressed egg taco that Taco Bell has. I think I will try that at some point during the week and give that a review. Um, It's all good. And uh, I guess I will see you guys next week. A new explosion of wonderfulness in your mouth. Shut up!